Hi everyone, good to see you all. Um, yeah, so um, as Wayne says, I am Ben, and um, I'm based in a church in South East London, uh, in Greenwich, Emmanuel uh, Church London, and um, my job basically three days a week is to work for New Day. Um, the primary role is to lead New Day, um, so one of the things that we've deliberately done um, since I've come into role is we've sort of transitioned New Day being how we refer to this moment of the year, New Day being more a brand. So Wayne's already talked about youth culture um, and there's a few youth events that we're sort of looking at and, and just the way that we serve churches. So leading the whole of, of that um, and this being like New Day Festival. Um, so this is part of the wider role. So three days a week, all year round, um, my head's in that um, meeting. Um, youth workers, meeting people that might be outside of um, New Frontiers or outside of ever experiencing New Day, connecting with them, helping understand what we're about um, and just trying to serve the local church I suppose. So um, I definitely see my role more as not like an event manager. Um, for those of you that know me that would be a bad move and um, we probably would be meeting outside without a big top and stuff like that because uh, I'd have forgotten. Um, but it's more about how how do we really sort of move forward in what God is saying um, in, in this moment for this nation? How do we serve local churches uh, and get behind all the work that pastors, youth workers um, uh, are doing as well as sort of touching into the the more sort of secular side of youth work because, um, yeah, it, it, I don't want to go too too far down that track because we'll probably get to it. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to just broaden our thinking in, in how we play our part uh, um, in terms of bringing Jesus and his kingdom into every aspect. So teachers, so at Youth Culture, we were definitely front-footed teachers, social workers, anyone that's working into the culture of young people. Uh, we're not just focusing on church as we know it we're focusing on the wider church in terms of the the spread uh in terms of where we're touching society and culture um so i'm trying to think like that not a small remit then quite quite a big thing man of vision so ben just before actually we dive into some of these questions just to say i'm going to be asking ben some questions um that will lead us through but there is a text number um coming up on the screen behind as well if you've got a question at any point feel free to kind of text that through and we will do our best um uh, towards the end to kind of answer that uh, and stuff so um and actually if there's questions that we don't get to answer that we just feel like oh, it'd be really good to 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 engage with you on that then we'll kind of text at some point throughout um the rest the rest of the day ben just I suppose my first question is, okay, we've, we've gone from kind of really looking to equip youth leaders, and we're still wanting to do that a bit, but we've, we've kind of changed the brand to, to youth culture more kind of wider than that. So I'd love you to say a little bit of like why that move and what's the kind of shift with that. But as well, can you just share a little bit about your background of how did you get to here? So with your kind of journey with young people and stuff. So, so yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to do that quickly. So part of the reason that I've got a big heart for young people, I suppose, is as a young person, um, I started out in church. So my, my old man was a, a pastor of a local church, a small church down in South Kent on the coast. Um, and so I sort of knew Jesus and lived um, in a context where I was familiar with church and then went into a situation uh, really probably from like 12, 13 where I disengaged with church and just ran a country mile from Christianity and everything that went with it. Um, 
So then when myself um, and my wife, Vicky, um, who's here, who's a legend, um, when we came into church, I was sort of coming back. Vicky had never stepped into church before. Um, and naturally, I, I suppose I, I just gravitated towards youth culture um, and the young people. I just, want, I just wanted to connect with them and, and draw them in more. And what I realized was that there was a disconnect between the reality of how they were living and like we all, we all know that there's a bit of a disconnect and, and how they engage on a Sunday morning. And even with the way that we do youth work in church, there, there's often it's like night and day. Um, and I'm like, I, I don't know what it was. It was just like, I think Vix was the same. She had, she had never, it was the first time, as I say, she stepped into a church and there was just this sort of passion to, to make Jesus known outside. You know, like when you first come to faith, you're just like passionate about making him known. Um, but as well as just sort of going out, I think what happened was that there was a, a real, uh, an urgency and some faith to be a bridge. So it's like this, this has got to change and it's not to undermine what the church is doing. It's not to sort of belittle or to dishonour. Um, but it feels like we can help the church understand how to talk, how to engage, how to... If we're going to have these young people, if you're saying you, you actually want these young people to come and be part of this family, family's going to have to get a bit of a better understanding of where they're coming from. Um, and that was it. And, and so that's sort of where it went. I think in terms of the, the youth workers... Um, conference moving to the O2 um, it's just a continuation of that story and um, it's the thing that I just live with all the time and someone said I don't get it right all the time someone said to me uh, even this morning just be careful like your language make sure you're speaking on the level that young people and I'm like oh yeah I've become that guy Uh, that's really this uh, yeah (laughs) discouraging but in the right way Um, so I'm constantly thinking like that how do we how do we engage Um, I think just to say, I mean, Wayne has done a phenomenal job. Those of you that have been connected in uh, with, with just training youth workers. And when I met you, I think what I realised was like, oh, I'm an estate agent with a big heart for people. You're a real youth worker. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know any of that stuff. And uh, I suppose just realising we need to train our youth workers because a lot of our youth workers in church situations are engaging, but there's no training. So you go into a secular environment and they're going on courses, and they're being mentored, and they're having sort of downtime and having counselling and all of that kind of stuff. Our church workers, it's like, oh, here's a load of young people. They've got the biggest issues probably in your church, all the best, and now tick, we've sorted out youth ministry. And I'm like, oh, wow, like, no, we need to, to help the church. And again, please hear me right, those of you that are leading churches, or, or I'm not dishonouring church leaders here. Um, I, I, with all my heart I'm trying to serve and help and get alongside and just open the eyes we used to, to run the youth workers thing and youth leaders would turn up and um, it would be like the first night you'd just press a button and they'd all start crying uh, and falling to the floor just like I'm exhausted like I, I'm pastorally there is an avalanche of issues I don't know how to deal with all of this and, and you helped me see and have brought your own expertise and brought in other speakers where it was like you were bringing in people that were experts. And then we sort of went on that journey together a little bit. And then essentially we sort of ran out of space at, at, um, at Centre Parks. But also I think one of the key things that we observed one year was the, the demographic that we see here at New Day and where we've been pushing in terms of diversity. So one of the big things that I... I try and always sort of help people understand is that we New Day isn't an event for London. It's not an event for Brighton. uh, And I've had to walk through that for two years and we're doing great with that. 
Um, but it's also not an event specifically for your town or for your city or wherever you're from. It's a national event uh, and it's a national work. And so we need to be sharp and mindful um, of everything that's going on in the UK, not despise any culture that's out there, um, but to draw upon a kingdom culture and allow that to penetrate everything that we're doing. Um, and so we were seeing the same group come back every year in centre parks and I, I just felt like a move to the capital, uh, a move to the centre of London, or not the centre, slightly to the east and very close to my house, which is very convenient. Um, but a move to somewhere like that, so it's a flag in the ground. It's like, we, we ain't messing around. This isn't just a, a jolly. This is a like, right, we're smashing into youth culture. Here's the flag. And now we're looking to Jesus and come one, come all. So I know it means a bit of a longer journey for some people. We travel to Nottingham from Southampton quite regularly. Um, and so I get that. Um, you know, there's people in other countries and other nations that travel for days to get to church. So I, I don't think that should be a hindrance for you to come to youth culture, just to push that out there, a little bit of a thing. But... Um, yeah, that was the reason that we moved, is to bang a flag in the ground and let's train people to do the best job they can in engaging youth culture. Just on that then, so obviously we ran um, youth culture last February and we're, we're kind of booked in for, for the one coming up and stuff. So if someone's not been, like, why, why should they come to that? Like what? I, I just think what you're going to get at youth culture is... Um, um, and I feel quite confident in this, so please don't hear it in a patronising way. Um, I think what we had at Youth Culture last year was people speaking on issues that would have been some of the best speakers in, the, in Christian circles that you can get. So when we're talking about mental health, it's not to undervalue anyone's story or, or anyone's profession or expertise that's in the room, but we're sort of we're sh- we're shooting for the stars. So we're trying to. So Will Vanderhart, when he comes, um, is just doing a phenomenal job. Um, at smashing into that issue and, and training people. Um, ben Lindsay speaking into serious youth violence. These, these are subjects that you, you can't just sort of skirt around the edges. You've, you've got to get right in. And sometimes we, we just need our heads lifting. So you, what you're going to get is you're going to get some voices that are speaking that are experts. And they're not going to be perfect. Um, I'm not saying that. And it's not that w- you know we don't know any of this stuff. Sometimes it's just a realigning or whatever but you're going to get expertise that's both in church and out of church, uh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to help upskill us in our profession in terms of whether that's a voluntary profession or whether you're a full-time youth worker or a pastor or whatever. If you're just engaged in church life and you want to reach young people, it's going to upskill, uh, and you're going to get the gospel, uh, uh, and we're not going to move away from that. So it's not just about sort of training how you engage with young people. It is... It is consistently raising the gospel is the answer to the state of this nation. And so we get trained and we get as well equipped as we possibly can. Uh, and in doing all of that, we remain humble and bowing the knee before Jesus because he's the one that's going to make the difference. Um, so that, that's what I think you're going to get. Yeah. So Ben, when we think of, of youth culture, it's easy to, to, to think about all the kind of challenges within that. And obviously we're going to be looking at some of those um, this week. But for, before we kind of dig into maybe the negatives when, with youth culture, when you think of youth culture at the moment out there in our nation, what, what are some of the positives? What are some of the good things that, that you'd see within youth culture? Yeah, that's great. I think when you sent this through, I was really pleased that you put that on there. Um, I think it's really easy at the minute just to look at youth culture and just be like, wow, what is there that is positive <laughs> uh, that's going on right now? Um, 
I mean, one of the things is that I think that they're poised in a season um, that's going to look really different to what we've ever experienced. And, and it, it sort of feels like quite a privilege that we're, we're speaking in, I think, to a generation that is going to do something phenomenal and see something... Sorry, I'll do it again and I always get a little bit emotional. Um, I think we're going to see something real change in this nation. I think we've got to. But it might not be us. Um, but we can invest in them to, to sort of see what they'll achieve. And I, I think that's, they're starting to get it. Because there's almost a little bit of arrogance <laughs> uh, about who they are. And some of it we've got to like smash that down a little bit. Um, but it, it's, um, it's how do you redeem and restore that arrogance to be like, that isn't arrogance, it's faith. Um, how do you turn that into... To uh, oh you're full of it be full of it for Jesus like go um, so there's that I think communications like the way that they communicate I think one of the things that we hear very negatively is social media being the big bad wolf um, and it is for all kinds of reasons and um, personally I I could live without it um, but um, I think that it's here to stay um, I think even when we talk about having rest from social media, that's a good thing. And we're talking about balance and, all, uh, you know, when we Sabbath, you know, how do we engage with comms and social media? All of that stuff's good um, be- because it, 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 it can be a real negative, but it can be a really good thing. And I think one of the things I'd encourage us to be doing with young people is training them and equipping them of, of how to be um, proactive with social media. One of the things with the gospel, the gospel gets fired out of Jerusalem um, in a remarkably fast way because of the Roman Empire. So it's like um, the the fact that the the travel routes across the Med and the way that they could get it out there actually was timely. Yeah, God, it's not by accident that the gospel sort of goes like that. Um, And and those transport links weren't there. So if, if the, if, if it had been earlier, it wouldn't have spread in the same way. So we have to acknowledge that this is actually a transport route for the gospel. Um, and there was loads of bad things that went on the roads of Rome and, and in the boats, of course. Like culturally, they were, they were sending out an absolute, you know, it was tyranny. It was, that's what was going on. It was oppression and tyranny. But there was loads of good that came from it because the, the gospel went out. And, and I would encourage you to think a little bit like that with social media. Of course, there's loads of bad stuff. There's loads of bad stuff that goes everywhere, that travels everywhere. But that can be good. And so how do we restore? How do we redeem? How do we train young people to be appropriate and mature online and sensible online and be front-footed with the gospel? And that's a challenge. It is a challenge. And we mustn't just presume because you can be quite dogmatic online and it can be full of like pitfalls and, and getting into arguments online and all that kind of stuff is negative. So I think it's a positive and I think what social media is bringing out in young people is creativity as well. Um, so I love all that. I think health awareness um, sounds a bit like an, an odd one. And when you and I were growing up, um, you know, I was smoking by like nine and drinking in parks and all that kind of stuff. Kids don't do that as much anymore because they know. It, and that's quite a big step forward. We shouldn't underestimate that. Just the fact that young people are much more aware of being healthy um, food, drink, drugs, all of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, teenage pregnancy is, is, is lower than it's been before, and that's for other negative reasons as well, I'm sure. Um, but there's, there is more awareness because communication is more out there, there's more awareness. And one of the big things with that would be mental health as well. So we, we've got a generation emerging that, that are more aware of, of both physical and emotional them, themselves. And it's, it's full of 
trash and, and we'll get to that but uh, they are aware they're up for the conversation which is that is a good thing um environmental awareness um and again all of these have the flip side it's great that our young people want to look after what god's given us in a way that i never wanted to i didn't not even that i didn't want to i just didn't think about it i was just like whatever um so that's a, a good thing um and then I think we, we touched when we were talking earlier, just the opportunities. We have to be careful with this because there, there's still large parts of society that, that don't have the same opportunities. Um, it, it's very, we still live in that world, unfortunately, here in the UK. And so I don't hear what I'm not saying here. Um, but there are opportunities much more than ever to, to travel, to see. Again, even with communications, just the world view. You know, we're, we're hearing of stories from the other side of the world like that. Um, and there's a negative to that, but there's a positive as well. There's a, there's a breadth. Um, and we mustn't just make things like that always negative. It's, it's good as well. Um, so, yeah, there'd be some of the things that I would think are good. It's brilliant. So if we then flip that and say, OK, well, what are some of the negatives? I mean, you've, you've done pros and cons to, to those, but as someone that is shaping kind of the content very much on site and the stuff that we're, we're bringing to the young people, but that's coming out of you looking at youth culture generally and saying, OK, what are stuff that we need to be tackling and speaking into and, and stuff? So what would be some of the big challenges that you, you see in your kind of role? Yeah, so I think um, it's easy just to go, like, the vehicles are the issues. So, like, oh, social media, that's the problem. If social media wasn't there, then we're, everything would be all right. And um, out of social media comes, like, loneliness. That's a massive issue. Mental health, massive issue. Um, understanding of sex, sexuality, male and female. Um, all of these things are huge issues. When you, you think about it, that's, that's probably not where you want to start because that's not the root. The root is godlessness. That's the root. It's, 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 we are turning into a godless nation. And in all honesty, we're probably more there than we realize. Um, William Booth said this. He said, I consider that the chief dangers which confront the coming century will be religion without the Holy Spirit, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell pretty much nailed it he nailed it uh, and it's like this this he's sort of saying it as a prophetic statement um and unfortunately it's come into play they're the things that we need to push back on so we need to be wise with how we do that so when when you hear people talking about we must contextualize the gospel that that's really important we mustn't miss that we must contextualize the gospel so we need to understand how the young people dress how they communicate how they hang out with one another is different how we did it and you don't just push by that and be oh it doesn't matter it does matter in the same way it mattered for you when you were a young person it mattered for me that my tracksuit bottoms got tucked into my socks and my hat was that high and all that kind of stuff it matters um yeah yeah it is coming back and i can just be me again yes praise god for the 80s and 90s um but we, so we must jump on those vehicles, but we jump on not to sort of like, you're not jumping on the vehicle to change the vehicle. That's not the deal. What we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to get to the core of it, and the, the core of it is preaching Christ crucified. I've been in situations recently, and it, it um, sorry, I'm such a crier. It's your fault. I'm always with you and crying and stuff. I don't know. I'm just blaming someone. Um, I was in a situation recently where I was at a certain meeting, and um, 
It was a youth meeting, Christian meeting, and, and we, we literally went through the whole night. And it wasn't that Jesus wasn't mentioned, but it's like, that, that's just quite a, a dim view. Um, and one of the phrases that I keep using at the minute, we've got to make much of Christ. And I've realized in my own life, and um, it's literally, it is bringing me to tears on a daily at the moment where I'm just saying, Jesus, I want to, I want to walk with the real you. And it's so easy for all of us to just be like, oh, yeah, we know Jesus. Like, yeah, that's what we do. And um, we've got to get into this stuff. So salvation without regeneration is, there's, there's a massive, there's a miss with this generation in understanding what sanctification is and understanding the process of the journey that he's in it and that he loves it and he's faithful in it. Like, there's just no, they're looking for moments all the time. They're looking for the silver bullet all the time. It's like, that might happen. Like, I mean, I've, I've seen people come forward in, in, in meetings and instantly mental health's been broken, instantly. And I've, I've dealt with and I'm still dealing with people that have been going through it for two decades. And um, it's hard to walk that through with people, but at the same time, it, it, what I'm saying is, but you, you must trust God in this. Like, he's not absent in it, and, and you're not, we're not striving for the moment. We're, we're bowing the knee and trusting. And the thing that helped me through mental health were, was a surrender. In the end, it wasn't I had to stop fighting, that I couldn't fix myself. It's a surrender. But that goes across every issue that young people are facing. Um, you know, forgiveness without repentance. What is true repentance? Well, it's turning away. Well, young people, um, I'm sorry, I'm being a little bit blasé with some of these comments, but forgiveness without repentance is just is like what my little six-year-old does sometimes when he's like yeah sorry dad and then he's off I'm like no 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 come back come back let's get to the heart of this do you understand that we don't do things like that do you get that like the, the different not I don't mean you do you get that <laughs> it, it's like mate like it's not just a quick sorry to mum it's not just a quick sorry to dad and then everything's okay it's we don't do things like that and, and there's, a, there's just a miss in, in this generation of understanding the, the, the journey. And um, I just think that's really, really important that we get to it. So I think my main thing in terms of the negative is that we don't get too consumed with the vehicles about what's going on in that sense, that we get much more, much more consumed with how do we make much of Christ to this generation? How do we help them see the true king? And how do we help them understand the richness of walking the journey with him from, from here to there and I don't want to give too much away because I'm speaking on some of this stuff um, but the, the journey isn't a straight road they want that and they think that they think A to B now till eternity is basically I'm going to get some real great moments with God along the way and it's like wow you're going to be in for a real shock if that's how you live your life you are going to go that way and then that way and then you're going to go back a bit and then you go forward a bit and then you're going to have this slap you around the face. And, but you do that with walking with Jesus and he is faithful and he says, I'll walk with you every single step of the way. And the beauty is in the process. The, the beauty is in the process, not in the moment. It's good stuff. It's powerful stuff. Uh, one of the questions that came through is, well, what about when you've got young people that they're not kind of living in the extremes of 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 culture so um so they're not out there kind of i don't know um with severe kind of mental health issues or or sleeping around or doing kind of extreme drugs and stuff they're just kind of they're just growing up in church and is that kind of what we're 
we're, we're, we're kind of so focused on the extremes that we're missing the uh, the ones that are just kind of going through through normal life how do we kind of respond to that and I I suppose when you take the king out of the culture then you you're left with with the mess and sometimes that is the the kind of the self-harm and the suicidal thoughts and the depression sometimes that is the sleeping around sometimes that is the the drugs and the alcohol sometimes that's just being passive and sometimes it's just being arrogant sometimes it's just being rude and judgmental and 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 actually that I suppose for a lot of us that work with young people that's the stuff that we're facing I mean in a in, in my youth group I've got the extremities but I've got just the daily like come on wake up young person like stop missing who Jesus is and they're they're no different if if they're not living in a kingdom culture then 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 actually they're being affected by by all of that and that's in some sense just as as messy and just as challenging and who knows where that kind of is gonna is is gonna lead so so what you're saying is actually what i'm picking up is is there is huge issues if you don't if you don't have jesus at the center and and that will take all kinds of different shapes and all different kinds of forms and yes we do want to tackle we want to speak into mental health we do want to speak into youth violence we do want to speak into to to drugs and 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 sex and sexualization and identity and stuff but we want to we want to speak into the fact that that young people need Jesus and they need the gospel and they need to see what that's kind of means to live out on a daily basis i just think with the um I think it's exactly what you're saying. I just think to to just grab hold of it, it a little bit more. Um, so it, I often field questions like, "Oh, you know, our church youth group isn't going through serious youth violence." Like so, and I've gone. There's there's two extremes. Some people are just like so, almost like so. It's not relevant. I tell you what, if a young person gets stabbed and killed in 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 your town, or um, we've had it where our kids go to school. Um, you know, like in, in the breakfast club where we drop our kids off one morning, there's gunshots and there's two cars shooting at each other. As kids are on the way to school, primary age kids going to school one morning, we wake up in the estate opposite us. Um, there's been a murder that night. It's a 17-year-old lad that's been stabbed on his doorstep from a rival gang from another area. And um, even if that isn't going on in your town, please, please, please don't just be like, well, it's not going on in my town, like, I don't get that to a degree because I would encourage you, if it's not going on on your town, can you please lead your church and your youth group to get on their faces and pray because young people are dying on our streets. And it ain't just happening in London in the big cities. I grew up in a really violent situation, not at home, um, but it was violent. Um, and, and every week, without fail, I was surrounded by violence and I was distributing violence. And I look back now and I'm like, OK, that, that wasn't as normal as I thought it was. But please don't, you know, the, the more serious issues and the mental health and I just, I'm, I'm sure no one is like this, but it's just a check. And, and certainly some of the young people will be a bit like this. Lead them in. Lead them in because we, we need to see a nation change and transformed. And I think you're absolutely right that apathy is just as much as an enemy to us. Just as much as an enemy. If we've got a generation emerging that's apathetic, then, then we're, what, where does that lead? A godless nation. A godless nation, which means that our young people are growing up and going out into to work environments where their agenda isn't kingdom. Uh, it's either just going to be themselves, it's going to be uh, their own kingdom, 
or, or in the end, they will drift and they will see because, because the culture is much more available. And the other thing that I would say is even if you're in situations where you don't feel like some of the big issues are hitting, um, I think you're probably missing something because even exposure online, uh, they will be seeing this stuff. They will be seeing the magnitude of self-harm. They will be seeing the seriousness of youth violence. They will be seeing the seriousness of mental health. It will be influencing them. Um, but, but as you say, as apathy is a bigger enemy to us in the kingdom. And, and if you've got apathetic young people in your youth group, then I would encourage you to, to get to work. To Again, like we keep coming back to this. Like, Do they know who Jesus really is? Um, I think to take them on the journey and to use some of the more serious issues and to help them see and take them on the journey of prayer, and this is serious, it is actually a catalyst to help them take Jesus more seriously and to take his principles and take his values more seriously. There's an opportunity there. Um, so, yeah, that's sorry to... It's really good. And actually, whether, they're not, whether we're not tackling those issues in, in, uh, firsthand in our youth groups, I mean... In, in their schools, in their colleges, in their communities, young people will be will be facing all kinds of issues that are around in in their peer groups and and just in the settings that they're in and like you say online and stuff as well. So it it is there and it is relevant. And I'm surprised. I mean, I live in a, I mean, I'm on the edge of Southampton in a very kind of middle class little town. And I was just with a young person this week, and he was just telling me just the amount of stuff that's going on in his peer group with with violence and friends carrying knives and and friends coming out like getting sent to prison and some like I was just like wow like this is this is here kind of in nice little Hampshire kind of town and stuff and it's yeah it's it's amazing once you start digging under the surface what 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 really is there and and yeah we've we've got to be like you say praying into that we've got to be equipping our young people into that we've got to be challenging our young people to be taking that that seriously the other thing that really stands out to me on on that as a youth leader is is taking seriously the 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 role of putting Jesus at the centre and as youth leaders I think we have to have that constant challenge of we're, we're not just there to babysit, we're not there, just there to, to put on a social club, we're not just there to, to, to put on a fun night, like we're there to, to facilitate them encountering Jesus and hearing the gospel and being impacted by, by his kingdom in their lives so then that can impact them living that out in, in, in whatever environment they're, they're, they're in and, and often I, I'm surprised when I work with youth leaders that they, they put on a great fun night, but actually where is the gospel being shared? Where where is the discipleship? Where's the where's the moment when a young person can 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 encounter Jesus and meet with him and be full of his spirit and impacted to go into the environments that they're gonna then live out, um, the kingdom culture to impact others. And I think we we as youth leaders have to take that seriously, but we as, as, as adults that are in churches, church leaders, kind of those with a heart for young people, like are we f- on the front foot of, of bringing young people into that environment and, yeah, and giving, those, um, giving them those moments. So. Okay, Ben, so, so what is your heart for the role of the church and Christians uh, when it comes to shaping and responding to issues around, around culture? So what, what would you say to that? Um... So I, th- I think we've got to start of ourselves again. Um, I think there's even a disconnect between the generation above us. Um, when I look at the disciplines um, of the generations before us in terms of how they hold on to scripture, 
um, how they walk with the Spirit, how they walk with Jesus on a daily basis. I just think we we need to sort of think carefully um, about our own lives. Um, so again, how do we just turn the mic off? How do we really? Um, so when we talk about when we talk about making much of Jesus, how, when we talk about seeing Jesus, the way we do that in this age is through his word and by his spirit, yeah? It's word and spirit. So we all know that. Everyone's nodding. Um, I think a lot of us go into situations too often where we're not fed enough and where we're not dependent enough because we need to be fed by the word and we need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. And um, too often we go into situations and we just know, oh, yeah, we're you know, Jesus, and let's have some fun. I think if the church is really going to respond, then it needs to be on fire. <laughs> it needs to be on fire. It needs to know the word. It needs to be convicted. And, and don't think that secularism and, and liberal thinking hasn't come to the church. Church is full of that, <laughs> full of it. Um, in terms of people knowing the word of God, like that, the, the, the shift and just how people view the scripture, people are just picking and choosing left, right and center. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, they are. And, and whatever your convictions are, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't wrestle with certain theology and, and, and all of that. I'm, I'm not saying that. But what I would say is be convicted by what you're convicted by the word. <laughs> If you're going to argue anything, argue it from the word. Don't argue it from what somebody said online. Don't argue it from what you've heard or what your mates are saying. You've got to argue it from the scripture. Uh, and, and if you are leading young people, if you are leading anyone, you've got to do that. Uh, otherwise, you've got to take a step back and just be cautious. But because there is an authority that God distributes and gives out, and, and it, is, um, it is a privileged place, but it is not a place to, to just be flippant with. You don't mess around with the word of God. You don't mess around with his people. You don't mess around with the bride that's going to be presented to the groom one day. You don't do that. And I say that because I've been there and I haven't got it right all the time. And I say it where my gifting has carried me to certain places and I've spoken in certain ways where I'm in the end, I'm still finding moments. I had one just yesterday where I'm like, God, I'm so sorry that I didn't take that moment more seriously and that I didn't get into your word more because I was flippant with that subject. Uh, and it wasn't you, it was me. And, and we must, must, must hold on to, to this line in terms of the scripture. And so I'm not going to, yeah, we're not going to get into all of it now. But if you're going to have an opinion, if you're going to stand up and have an opinion in front of the crowds, whether they're young or whether they're old, whether they're big or whether they're small, do it because of the word of God and do it empowered by the spirit. So you don't go into situations where you're just being of the flesh. You're going into situations humbling yourself and saying, not me, but you. Less of me and more of you. And I will be led by you. And, and again, that doesn't need to be, uh, and hear this in the right way, it doesn't need to be every, every single time we do anything that it's off the, the chart encounter and everyone's rolling around and it's just gone absolutely bananas in the room. It can be that and, and we all you know, do things differently and that's fine. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. Being filled with the Spirit, you know, I think when you think about somebody like Paul, when he was preaching and, and teaching, a man knew the Word and was filled with the Spirit, man, it must have been weighty sitting under teaching like that. It must have just—it was just an authority, and the authority doesn't come from man. The authority comes from the Word of God and His Spirit, uh, and we all get to walk in that. But but how much? I, I watched an interview recently. Sorry, is this all right? I'm just—you knew this was going to happen, didn't you? Uh, I was watching an interview the other day, and um, it's that interview between John Piper and Rick Warren. If you haven't seen it online, it's brilliant. 
and um, John Piper basically is pushing into Rick Warren about the purpose-driven life in that book and um, basically they just make this statement it's like Rick Warren I don't know whether it's in the book because I've, I've not read it all um, I've read bits but he says why would you expect to spend 10 minutes with God every day and expect your life to change and expect you to see breakthrough in areas and spend three hours watching TV every day uh, and you're confused to why you're not seeing more of the kingdom. Uh, And I'm like watching that and I'm like, ow, ow. Because as much as I love Jesus, I'm still learning to walk with him for, for more, for more times with him. And I've got my chair and I've got all of that and I, I spend time with him and I love spending time with him, but there's more. And that doesn't need to be a heavy thing. It doesn't need to be a guilty thing, but it should be something that we're aiming for every day. Teach me. Teach me to spend more time invested in you and your word and soaking in your spirit in comparison to what the world's got to offer. Otherwise, all we're going to do, you, in the end, you will raise young people, you will disciple people by what, what's in you. That's what, in the end, however good you think you are and however gifted, and again, I'm talking by experience here, some of the things that I see in the young people that I've trained and and put into is wonderful, and it puts a smile on my face. Some of it's really trashy, and it hurts, because there's phrases I hear sometimes, and I'm like, that was me, and and that's not of him. Uh, And I wish that I, you know, I'm not living in guilt or anything, but I wish I'd invested more time in the presence of God, in his word, and his spirit, because in the end, that's what will come out of me. And so if we're going to see the church take its place, we must do that. We must be visible as a church. We must stop being in fear and hiding behind closed doors. My, uh, my good friend, he's at the back now, uh, is, is saying the amount of churches that are, uh, are in the UK, we must open the doors. You know, we, we often talk about there's uh, been a massive, um, because of the lack of funding that's come from government, hundreds of, of youth centres have shut down, hundreds. And it's interesting that, that there are still many, many churches that aren't running or operating thriving youth works, after school clubs, breakfast clubs, Friday night work, whatever, I don't really care, just open the doors. Open the doors and get them in and don't be in fear. And you need to train, you need to be aware, it's, it's different now, like back in when we were growing up as kids, you could just be like, oh, come to my house, you know, it's different, all safeguarding. So be trained, be aware, be aware that some of the young people that you're inviting in are going to have their things and it's going to be, so you must, don't just do that like in a, in a silly way, be trained, but, but diligently desire to open the doors of the church to a greater extent. The church must be visible. We must be proud of Jesus. We must exalt Jesus. We must lift Jesus high. He must, he, he must be lifted. Christ crucified must be preached. Crucified and raised from the dead. We believe this. We're not in shame of this. We believe this and this changes lives. And if we don't open the doors and if we don't get out there and if we're not down at the parks and if we're not doing that, then how will they know? How will they know? Uh, and so partly it's um, preach Jesus, be visible um, and make sure that we're carrying what we're really preaching um, would be the thing. 
Ben, we've not got too too long left. I want you to say a few practical things on just New Day's kind of response to to all of this and some of the things that are going on with New Day. Just one question that did come through, I think it'd be really good for you just to speak into it, is someone saying, as someone that has suffered with severe mental health um, uh, issues and um, had kind of severe scars from self-harm, and, and just trying to work through how much of that do they kind of share with their young people, like when young people are kind of seeing that and stuff, like what the, the, it sounds like they're kind of grappling with how much do you kind of expose of that how much do you kind of share kind of um uh, hide that away and stuff and i mean you've already kind of said about your own kind of journey with mental health stuff so do you want to speak into that so i think um there's been positives and negatives with my own journey with that um the positive would be that i just got very real so it was like oh um leaders on pedestals don't have it all together um the amount of people when i stood on a platform in in a local context and I said, I'm, I'm struggling with mental health issues. Um, I'm on medication. I'm struggling with depression. I've, I've experienced anxiety attacks. The amount of people that come to me, basically, why didn't you tell us sooner? Um, we would have been praying for you. Um, thank you so much. Um, we thought that you had it all together, and it's refreshing to know that you don't. I was like, yeah, thanks very much. Um, but but you, you understand that. Like, I, was, I was sympathetic to that. I got it. I was like, okay, yeah, like... You need to hear that leaders don't always have it together. The thing I probably didn't get quite right, not just with the mental health issue, but some of my own baggage as well in terms of my own walk and uh, where I was at with Jesus and some of the pain and hurt from some family situations was the timing. So it was, I, I remember speaking into some of it in the midst of it. And, and I, I don't think I was always wise with how much I shared in that moment. So I think it's absolutely fine to say... I'm in a season right now where, where I'm not on point and I've got great support around me and I'm working through that. That's fine. I don't think you want to hang it all out there for everybody to see um, until you know you're, you're further down the road in the journey. Now, obviously, with mental health, that might not come to an end. I, so I don't think it's healthy every week standing up in front of people and being like, oh, hey, this week's been a real struggle again, just so you know I'm on the floor. That's not going to do them good. Um, but it's and don't hear me wrong it's okay that that is the journey but that's not the journey to to keep putting out and I'm not saying don't put it out there because you're wrong and that shows weakness and that shows that you've not got it together that's not the reason so please please don't mishear me it's the wisdom of what helps and serves people not just young people the church It's, it's what serves people we we don't deal with our issues publicly we we deal with our issues with friends and with Jesus um, and at the right time, and, and just with his conviction, we, we can share um, the story. And so it, it might even be, if you're suffering with, with mental health and it is an ongoing thing, I don't think it's a bad thing for young people to know that mental health is a thing for you. But I just wouldn't keep coming back to it and keep hanging it out. And I, w- I wouldn't go in depth on it, and I wouldn't be sort of the triggers, and I, I wouldn't be showing that level of vulnerability to the people that I was pastoring but I think it's absolutely fine that they know I'm a human being and I don't have it all together. So is that, is that clear? Like I, I, it's, it's a, you need wisdom on that. And I, I tell you, the, the thing is wise counsel. Like if you're unsure, step back. So someone said to me recently, I'm ready to sort of like speak into suffering because I'm going through this. And I'm like, you're not ready to speak into suffering because you're not at the end of the journey yet. And we'll always suffer. But I, I could see, I'm like, you're right in it. You don't even know what's coming next. So you can't, I just, it's not that you won't be qualified to speak into it at some point, but you're not there. And I think there were occasions where I spoke in too early 
and I, I wouldn't say the stuff that I said now. It'd be quite different. I suppose with that as well, you want to you want to point people to Jesus in it. So, so actually, I think part of the the question was, does it give license if someone's seeing my scars? Does that give license to someone else and stuff? But I mean, I, I wouldn't hide away from showing your scars, but I would talk about the journey to Jesus in that and and. Like, yeah, point people to Jesus in it. So, so just lastly, just say some stuff on New Day's response and then I'd love you just to lead us in prayer. So. Yeah, so uh, I think most of you would know this, but those of you that are, uh, are new and even just as a refresher, just to remind you that New Day, we're really passionate about, first of all, Jesus um, and we're really passionate about the local church. And so New Day isn't the solution. Um, and so the aim isn't like, oh, let's get as big as we can and then we'll be the thing. And if young people come to New Day, then all their problems will be solved. Um, we we want to serve local church with, with all our heart. We want to help train and equip um, the local church to reach out and to... And, and I would genuinely say this, that the, the things that we put on it, it, it really isn't just for youth workers. Like, I've been on the journey, as I say, I was an estate agent... Then I was a youth worker in a voluntary capacity. Then I was a youth worker employed. Then I was an elder and coming through into leadership. And now I'm none of those things and just sort of looking in. Um, so I, so I get it. Like I, I get the journey. Um, we want to speak into church um, but not presume. I don't mean we want to like rattle the cage of church leaders or undermine. We just want to serve them. And so we listen to, um, to them and even more than that, the apostolic is, is where New Frontiers has is, is, is come from and, and where it still sits. So those of you that are uh, a part of New Frontiers, you'll you probably know some of that journey. Those of you that aren't, we, we believe in apostolic ministry. We believe that um, the apostolic ministry is, is still for today, that God calls and, and raises people into to that role. Um, and New Day's there to serve that. So it sits in, it's accountable um, to, to the apostles, the New Frontiers apostles. Uh, we're not just going it alone. Um, it is very much sort of in line with their heart and, and so we talk with them and I think it's important just for you guys to really know that. Um, we're going to continue with the festival. Um, so this is what we call this this week um, and we're, we're praying that we'll keep growing. Um, we're trying to invest in building relationships out of New Frontiers as well as in um, we're trying to bring as many young people that don't know Jesus to sight so that they can hear the gospel, so that they can see that there are thousands of other young people that know and believe in Jesus. So, so that will be a continuation. Um, we want to invest into and keep pushing youth culture. Um, and, and we're booked in for this year. And I think if, if this year goes well again, then we'll look to build that relationship with the O2 Indigo and keep going. Um, New Day Extra ran for the first time in Leeds this year. We're looking to run that again um, uh, in 2020. And we're also looking to get a New Day Extra started in the south as well, and probably in London. I know, again, that doesn't cover the whole of the south. The south is very wide. Um, so those of you that are like down in Cornwall, you're thinking, great, that's uh, nowhere near me. We're on a bit of a journey with that. We can't just launch into everything, but we want to create moments uh, for young people to gather across the nation as well. And we're running this New Day internship. Um, so 2020 is exciting. Like we've got all these events lined up, um, but it's not just about the events. It's a brand. And one of the things that you can, can really help us with, and um, there's going to be a moment um, tomorrow. Is it Tuesday today? Yeah, so tomorrow, Wednesday afternoon, there's a, a moment, New Day Future, where we'll be gathering and speaking into this a little bit. We're, we're investigating becoming a charity. 
Um, and so the, the ways that you can keep helping serve New Day to serve the church and serve the apostolic um, will get, we'll be getting your churches to take ownership of this. As I say, like I, th- this is about us being in it together. So we need loads more servers for all of these events. We're going to need funding in the end um, f- to become a charity. We are at, at the minute. I don't know if you, you know, but there's two of us. We've got basically the equivalent of a day and a half employed people that make New Day happen. Um, so when people are firing messages going, oh, hey, why haven't the media team done that? And hey, the booking team. And I'm like... Yeah, sure. Um, and so just remember that there is only a finite amount of people that are employed and getting money for this. Other than that, it's all voluntary. So there are people that are employed that, that literally stay up like when June hits, running the bookings, they stay up all night. The marking out and all that situation that happened with that, two or three people literally worked all through the night. One guy travelled from what, the Midlands down to Southampton to help the guy, guys who was pulling it all together and they worked through the night together on it and... That's, that's how New Day happens. Uh, so we know, I don't know, you know that, and you've been there, and we need more volunteers. We need people to make this thing happen. We don't have an army, and we don't have loads of resource in terms of monetary resource to employ more people. Um, so we just need you guys to get behind us in these ways um, and prayer. We just need to keep praying. We have prayed more than ever in pre-week and, and, and through the festival. We'll continue to do that. So that's, that's what we're doing but that's how you can respond. And I really love you guys to come tomorrow afternoon if you can make that a priority because I'm going to really bang into the vision a bit more sort of like this, this is where we're going and why and here's how we can respond collectively. So, Ben, will you just pray, lead us in prayer for this and then um, a few people have texted and they'd love to pray for you as well. So we'll finish on that. So why don't we stand? Yeah, we're, we're all going to have different burdens in this room and obviously the way we've been talking has been on a on a wide scale. So why don't you just um, just uh, take that um, sort of big picture and now just, just walk it back into your local context. Remind yourself of the burden that you carry for young people, for your area, for your church, for salvation. Just remind yourself of those things because those things are burdens that your Lord has put on your heart. They are not by accident. Um, you, you've not just found those things through other people. They are God-given burdens. And he is faithful to serve you in what he has called you to do. He is faithful in that. And so, so Spirit of God, I, I ask even in this very moment, in this strange building <laughs> on the Norfolk showground, we, we praise you, God, that you are here amongst your people. We praise you. We praise you for the gift of salvation. We praise you for the moment of Calvary. That that moment changed everything for us. That that moment means that one day we will see you face to face and be welcomed home. And God, God with both hands, with, <laughs> with reverence, we receive the burden that you've placed on our heart. And, and we allow ourselves... To, to step in now to the dreams that you've given us that are way beyond our own capabilities, to see towns, villages, cities transformed by the love of Jesus Christ, to see hundreds come to faith, to see schools changed and transformed, to see colleges, to see crime rates drop, to see young people trained and discipled and raised up and sent out to make a difference. And God, we say we need you. We do not have all the answers. 
We do not have the ability in the flesh just to keep going. God, so often we find ourselves tired and weary and, and, and heavy burdened. And so we come again to you and we say, we trust you. We trust you for the future of this nation. We trust you that your heart is more zealous for this generation than we could possibly imagine. We trust that you have plans and purposes that will be worked out. And we trust you that you have called us to play a part in it. And Lord, I pray that we would understand the appropriate role for us to play in it in seeing change come. But Lord, we don't step in to do what you are doing. We step in to be your servants. We step in to be courageous sons and daughters. And God, we want to be men and women that operate with zeal and with courage and with faith, not because of who we are, but God, because of who you are. Again, we look to our king and we we say, Lord, we have underestimated, forgive us, God, because we have underestimated who you are and how you view this nation. God, forgive us, even this week, we have underestimated the zeal that you have for this site. We have underestimated your power. We have underestimated your love. We have underestimated what it is that you are about. We have underestimated the story that you've drawn us into. Lord, it's been going for many, many years. uh, And God, forgive us where we've missed it and made it more about who we are and made it less about who you are. And God, we say, take your rightful place as the narrator of this great story and we say we commit ourselves to you again we commit ourselves to your people we commit ourselves to the lost we commit ourselves to your plans and to your purposes we commit ourselves to the journey that you are taking us on and we say Lord we want to learn more about your ways than our ways and so God I pray where we are still walking in the ways of the world where we are still walking in our own ways I say God bump us out of that rut and Help us see, King Jesus, how it is that you walk and how it is that you've called us to walk, that we would be fruitful for your kingdom. God, we want to serve you with all of our hearts. And the Spirit of God, I pray that you'd come and help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's, um, let's thank Ben for, for what he shared. It's great. It'd be really good to pray for Ben just in his role. So if a few people just want to gather around Ben and just bless him and just pray with him, that would be really appreciated. The um, person that sent in a question about um, pastoring at the youth group through a young person with um, uh, a terminal illness, I'd love just to chat with you and just pray with you. So if you are around and happy just to come and chat that through, that would be really good. But we are done and we will see you again tomorrow. So a few people come and pray for Ben.